Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Jonah chapter 2. I really felt the Lord speak to me um, to, to preach this message this week. I was thinking of other things and I just really felt the Lord drop this into my heart. And I've never spoke on Jonah before and most of the time when people speak on Jonah, they speak about the very fact that Jonah was called to do something and then he avoids God's call and tries to run away from it, but God deviates him back. And there's a kind of an essence of that in this, but actually I've got a a kind of another angle I want to look at today from this story of Jonah, a famous story, if you don't know it, about Jonah who ends up in the fish, the belly of a large fish, and is brought back to shore when this is when he's tried to avoid the call of God on his life. And I just want to take just a few moments this morning Because I really believe God wants to speak to some people here today on this particular subject I'm going to talk on. The title of the message today is this, The Emergency Call. The Emergency Call. I don't know about you, but there's so many of us in our lives, we... It's very rare we get to that point, but sometimes we get to the point when we have to make that emergency call when... We have to, we're, we're right down to the very last resort. Not many of us would phone 999 very often, only if there's an emergency. I know many years ago I did that. I was worried. I had pains in my chest and I ended up phoning 999 and the ambulance comes and the whole street's looking down as I'm getting ECG things done in the living room. Everything was fine in the end. But I'll never forget, it was almost like, should I, shouldn't I? Should I call this number? Should I bother anyone? And things really sometimes have to get to the last resort, the serious resort for us to think about dialing that number. And I just want to look today because I believe that in this story of Jonah, I believe that Jonah ends up dialing what I would call the emergency line. He ends up calling the number to God for his help in his time of need. I don't know where you are today in your lives, in your Christian walk, whether you are at a point where you are praying or where your prayer life even is. But some of us are at different stages. Some of us uh, today may be uh, operating in our prayer life and we don't need to call the emergency line. We're not really that desperate to be crying out to God. Some of us, however, are different to that. And right now you're crying out with your very last breath to God to help you. So many of us at different levels. And if you're not at that level where you're crying out to God for something in particular, believe you and me, at one point you will. There's some of us today, we've got no options left. We kind of, we've run out of ideas. And we're just totally worn out by the things around us. And our only hope is to call on God. I don't know if that's you. Sometimes I've had that myself. Where there's just nothing left I can think of other than crying out to God. Let me tell you this, first of all. That that sometimes is a position that God wants you to be in. You might think, oh no it's not. 
He doesn't want me to be upset. Sometimes God will take you to positions where you have to call 999 to heaven. You might not think it. You might say, no, he wants me to have a blessed and happy life. Flowing with abundance. No problems. No. Sometimes he brings us to these points. We, I spoke about it only the other week about character building. It's all part of that, isn't it? Of building character. Some of us today feel like we need to hit the big red button. I don't know about that for you. You're looking at it thinking, I don't know if you've ever seen when you're in a, in a building even here. It's so tempting, isn't it? I get these urges. I don't know about you. But I get urges when I see uh, break the glass in place of fire. And I think, there's no fire, but I'd love to just break the glass and see what happens. I just, I'd love to do it and then hide. The big red button. The glass that we have to break in case of an emergency. It's very rare we do it, but we're so, some of us are at that point. Should I? Should I be that desperate? Is there anything else I can do? Should I keep praying? Or should I give up on prayer? You could say today is, in the fact I'm talking about the emergency call, it's talking about our prayer life. It's talking about our vertical communication relationship with God. You might have a good horizontal relationship with everyone else who's Christians, but do you have that vertical good relationship with God? In Colossians 4 verse 2, Paul says this, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Do you know what? If I'm going to have three points in this message today, it's all going to anchor on this. You might say, well, what's, what's, what's in that? Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. These three components, I believe, are a key to how you operate in communicating vertically with God in our communication with Him. And I want to focus particularly on Jonah 2 today. Let's just look at that. Jonah 2 verse 1, it says this. Jonah, remember, has just been on the ship. If you don't know the story, Jonah has tried to escape God's call. He jumps onto a ship. He's going through this massive storm. The people on the ship are saying, what's going on? And he's saying, it's all because of me. The reason there's a storm, God sent the storm, because I have avoided the call. And he says this, the only way you're going to stop it is throw me overboard. Boy, oh boy. I hope he got that right. Throw me overboard, he said. He said, if you do that, it will go still. So the guys end up doing this. They throw the man overboard. They throw Jonah into this sea. And just picture this before we pick up the story, because we're not reading all of it. Jonah is thrown into a stormy sea. I don't know if you've ever seen a stormy sea. I've never been out of storm, but I've been on a ferry from Dover to Cali, and it looks pretty serious if you fell in the water. This is a storm. A stormy sea. Dark. And he drops into the water, because they, they do what he says. And sure enough, for them, it goes calm. But all of a sudden, Jonah is sinking. It sounds like he couldn't swim or he's probably fighting for his life. He sinks down. The reason why we know, and we're going to read it in just a second, the reason why we know that the description of what happens, it says he sinks to, to, to below to the bottom where the roots of the mountains are because he describes it in the prayer. 
But let's just pick up here. This is just after he sank to the bottom. From inside the fish. This is when the fishers picked him up. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths. He's describing now what's just happened before he got inside the fish. He says, you hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas. And the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I've been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. Amen. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, says Jonah, with shouts of grateful prayers, will sacrifice to you. What I vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. You might say, what's that going to do? What's happening now? I read this story. And I was intrigued. The reason I was intrigued is this. is because first of all, I thought when I read this story, what an amazing thing that Jonah prays inside the fish. I don't know about you, but if I've just been thrown into the water, I've been launched into this deep sea of a storm, and I sink into the bottom... And it says, because we read in the prayer, it says, I cried. He's talking about before he got in the fish. He says, I cried to you when the seaweed was around my head. When I was at the roots of the mountains, I cried to you. And do you know what he's saying in this prayer? He's acknowledging God for what he's just done. And what he's just done is sent a fish and rescued him. But I want to tell you this. I want to ask every single person in the room today. If you were in that circumstance, you were falling to the roots of the sea, the very depths, and you cried out and hit the emergency button. If you did that, you, if you saw in the moments after a big fish coming towards you, would you see that as an answer to prayer? I know, I know what I would think. Would you see This massive, huge fish coming and opening its mouth and devouring you. Would you see that as an answer to prayer? Because Jonah, all the way through his prayer, is talking about what God's just done. He says, you've rescued me. He's still in the fish. He's not sat on the beach. He's not sat on the sun lounger on dry land. He's inside the belly of a fish. You could have called that game over. You could have called that, this is game over for me. The fish has just come and devoured me. What hope have I got? What hope have I got? I've just cried to God. The next minute I'm sat inside a fish. This huge fish. 
All the stomach acid, I'm not going to describe, but all of the things inside this fish, and I'm sat here and I just ask God and look where I am now. God, you don't know what you're doing, he would say. But Jonah didn't say that. He thanked God, didn't he? He hit the big red button when he sank. Now he was thanking God for being inside the fish. Are you like Jonah today? Are you like Jonah where you're inside that fish right now? You've been praying and crying out. You've pressed the big red button. And now you find yourself inside the fish. You boy, what's going on? First thing today I want to say is this. Number one, rely on prayer. Rely upon prayer. He says, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord. That's what he's talking about before. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. He answered me. He's already saying, I got an answer. I'm inside the belly now. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. I pressed the big red button. And you listen to my cry. Thank you, Jesus. I'm inside the fish. In this story, Jonah feels like he's failed God, but he resorts to prayer, doesn't he? Remember, he's thrown himself off. He's, he's been thrown into this water because he feels like he's failed God. He feels like there's no other way. He says, throw me in the water. But yet, even though he feels like he's failed God, he still finds it in him to call to him and then pray to him. There's nothing that shall separate you from the communication with God. Nothing. You might say today, I've failed God. I've, I've walked away from some of the things I believe he wanted me to do or some of the things in my heart. Today, God is saying to you, just like Jonah, you thought you'd fail me, but still I listen when you press the big red button. Still I listen when you prayed within the fish. I don't know about you, we prayed about Matthew Murray earlier. They right now are hitting that big red button. Right now they're in America from one extreme to the other. They're doing great things for God. All of a sudden, tragedy comes and they're hitting the big red button. It's important to rely on prayer. Some of us think, I'm going to try and do this in all my strength. We should believe in doctors, nurses, all of the best experts. But some of us, when we're born again Christians, should rely on prayer. Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus said this, we should always pray and not lose heart. We should always pray and not lose heart. He goes on to use the parable of the persistent widow who eventually gets the answer. Remember, Paul said, devote yourselves to prayer in Colossians 4. Devote yourselves to prayer. The New King James says, continue earnestly in prayer. In other words, continue what you've already started. Some of us started praying, now we've given up. We say, I, I can't, I ain't got the strength to pray anymore. Continue earnestly, says Paul. Jonah cried out to God. He cried out to God. And he continues then to pray inside the fish. I don't know what about you, but I just think about that. How on earth can you find it in you to pray when you're inside this fish? Just think about it for just one moment. 
David said in Psalm 34, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all of their troubles. He recognized, and David recognized many times through the Psalms, didn't he? That when he cried out, that God would hear him. I want to remind you today to rely on prayer. Matthew 6, verse 8, Jesus says, Your father knows what you need before you ask him. You see, when he was sinking down to the depths, when Jonah was sinking right down, do you know what? I don't know if you've seen this, but when he was even on the boat, God knew what Jonah was about to need. When Jonah started to say to his pals on the boat, it's my fault. It's my fault that we're in this storm. You need to throw me over. This is the solution. As the words came out of his mouth, do you know what God was doing? He knew what Jonah needed. He starts to send the fish in that direction. God controls the elements. He controls everything. And when we get that in our minds and we realize that he controls everything around us, it should change the way we pray. You see, he didn't realize that when he was saying that, he'd not even prayed to God. But yet God would have been sending this massive fish towards that boat, saying, get ready, get ready, because you're going to have to do something for me for one of my children. Jonah lands in the water thinking everything's over. He presses the emergency button and right there, God's there because he already knew. He already knew what situation he would be in. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. You've been waiting so long, you feel like giving up. You feel like giving up sometimes. You say, I don't know whether God really really does know what I need. I'm sinking to the bottom here. I've got seaweed wrapped around my head. I've got all these problems. And I don't know if God really understands where I'm at. But he does. He knows what you need before you ask him. I want you to turn with me to Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. It should come up on the screen. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. It says this. Then he, this is an angel in Daniel's vision. Daniel gets lots of visions and he says, Then he, this is the angel, said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come Because of your words. The angel effectively said to Daniel, don't worry. Don't fear Daniel. Don't you realize from the very first time you started to communicate, from the very first time you set yourself to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. They were heard and I've come today because of your words. You see, some of us think, That when we communicate with God, we've said things to him years ago and we're thinking he still hasn't heard. In fact, many of us, I've preached on this before, we fast then, we're trying to get God to hear a bit louder. It's like, if I fast, then I'll probably turn up the volume in heaven. It might increase the amplification. Maybe God's busy. 
But I want to tell you today that God, from the very first day you started to say a prayer, he heard you. He hears everything when we truly humble ourselves before him. The first moment that Daniel started to communicate with his God, the angel said, I heard your words, and I'm here today because of them. Sometimes there's a distance between the answer. Sometimes there's a a waiting time. You don't understand why. I'm sorry, but I don't either. You might say, why hasn't he answered my prayer? There's lots of people in my own family. I wonder why he hasn't answered the prayers. I don't know. I don't know why Matthew Murray today, he sat trying to fight for his life when he's seen thousands and thousands of testimonies of God healing people from cancer, seeing people come out of wheelchairs. Why? But that's irrelevant. It's all about our own personal communication with him. He knows. And he's looking for a humble heart for those to communicate with him. We should never give up. Our words don't fall to the ground. Don't give up on prayer. Rely on communicating with God. Number two today is I believe we need to recognize the process. We need to recognize the process of answered prayer. You see, Jonah's prayer has something that I've never noticed noticed before. Because the very fact that he was inside the fish when he said the prayer is amazing to me. It might not be to you, but it's amazing to me that he's inside a fish and he can pray. And secondly, that he does pray. I want to put you today in that position, maybe you today, are right there in the fish. You're right there in a fish where you've been praying to God, you've been asking him to answer something for you. And you're looking around you thinking, boy, this is not answer to prayer. I am nowhere near dry land. I am nowhere near what I want God to do for me. I got thrown off the boat. I know where I'm supposed to be, but this is not an answer. You see, when God sent the fish and he directs it to Jonah, God knows what he's doing. He's looking at things from a different angle. We sing it, don't we, all the time. Your ways are higher than mine. You see things from a different perspective. God was looking, thinking, boy, oh boy, Jonah, I bet you're glad you've got me because I sent that fish for you. Jonah's inside, probably looking in the dark, stomach acid, thinking, what is going on? And I want to say today, sometimes we need to recognize the process of answered prayer. Not think that it all comes in our timing, exactly how we think it should happen. Crying out to God, he was probably crying out saying, Lord, please. Probably don't get the full edited, the full version in the prayer. Probably this is the edited version, but he was probably saying, Lord, I just want to see dry land again. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry that I walked away from your call. I'm sorry that I've let you down. I'm sorry that I've got in this position. Lord, please let me breathe again and see, see the things I used to see. I'll go to Nineveh. I'll do all the things you want me to do, Lord, please. I'm sure he cried out all these things. I know I would. But when he finds himself in a fish, I think all I would think is there's not much hope for me. God is not answering the prayer. Someone once quoted this, that prayer 
is not a spare wheel. You pull out and put on when you're in trouble. But it's a steering wheel that directs the right path throughout. Let me say that again. Prayer is not a spare wheel that you pull out when you're in trouble. But it's a steering wheel that directs the right path throughout. Some of us think that it's just stick on the spare wheel, quick answer to prayer. But sometimes God is taking you on a journey through answered prayer. It takes more than just a quick thing. Jesus used Jonah's story. He used this story to describe his own journey to death. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But Jesus himself uses this story. In Matthew 12, verse 40, Jesus said this. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a fish, and remember that, three days and three nights. We're not just talking a few minutes and I'm going to cry to God and pray. He was there three days and three nights. That's a long time inside a fish. I've been on a three-day, three-night weekend to London or whatever in a nice hotel. And that feels like a long time. But you go inside a fish, it's going to feel longer, isn't it? Jesus said this. He said, for as Jonah was there three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In other words, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to use Jonah's story. In fact, isn't it amazing I want to tell you this, you don't know what your trouble is going to bring. You see, the trouble that Jonah had was a parable for Jesus. (laughs) The trouble that Jonah had, he probably wouldn't have liked it when he was battling inside this fish thinking, when am I going to get out? He never realized that years later, Jesus would be sat using his story to bring his glory. I don't know about you, but sometimes we think, oh, this trouble shouldn't be coming my way. There's things in my life I've realized that the trouble that's come has brought other people to know Jesus. Jesus is using this tragic story to show his own journey. He says, just like Jonah, I'm going to end up in the earth for three days and three nights. And we know that in both stories there's a great ending. There's a great ending. Just, because, just as Jesus was in the, the tomb for three days. You see, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but if you read in your Bible, throughout most, if not all, of all the times Jesus references himself going to the cross and dying, it always references his resurrection after. He always talks about the following bit. He doesn't just say the cross is the end. He doesn't just say I'm going to the cross. He talks about how he's going to come back. He's going to be resurrected. There's hope, just like for Jonah. But let me tell you and remind you again, I said that we should recognize the process. Some of us today need to recognize that when we're inside the belly of a fish, there's a lot more going on than we think. It looks pretty dim. It doesn't look great, does it? But it's answering prayer. It's part of the journey. You see this, remember I said it earlier, the three things that Paul said. First, devote yourselves to prayer, rely on prayer. Second is this, he said, being watchful. Being watchful. Devote yourselves to prayer and be watchful. Paul says to rely on prayer but also be watchful. I don't know if you've seen this before. 
But when we look in, the, in Gethsemane, when Jesus goes to his disciples and he says, will you pray with me? Jesus is about to go to the cross. He's about to give his life on the cross. And in Gethsemane, he goes to his disciples and says, will you pray with me? But he says this, will you pray and keep watch? What a strange thing to say. Pray and keep watch. I don't know what you think he was asking them to watch for. Jesus knew that his people were already coming. In fact, he wanted them to catch him. He wanted Judas to come and do what he was going to do to bring the fulfillment of what God was going to do. Jesus wasn't saying to his disciples, will you pray with me and watch that when the guys come because I'm going to hide from them. Tell me when they come. No. Jesus said, pray and watch. And what do you think he was telling to watch for? I don't know what you think, but this is what I think. I believe that Jesus wanted them to watch with the eyes of the Spirit on what was going on. He didn't want them to watch in the eyes of the flesh. What did Peter do? He tried to cut off a soldier's ear with his sword because he saw in a second through the eyes of the flesh. The scenario that was going on, the tragedy that was going on, Jesus being took away from us, just like Jonah inside the fish. Right there and then, Jesus says, pray and watch, because he wanted them to see in the eyes of the Spirit of God. What is it Jesus prayed? You might say, I don't know if that's right. Jesus went back and he prayed to God and he said, if this is possible that this cup might pass from me, but I want it, your will to be done, not mine. In other words, he was saying the same thing. I'm going to pray to my father that he shows me through the eyes of him. Not my eyes, not my will, but his will. Amen. And today you might be saying that same thing. You might be praying, you need to pray and watch. You need to look at the circumstances around you just like inside the fish and say, do you know what? This might not look naturally too good, but actually... If I look at this through the eyes of the Spirit, if I look at this in a different view, it might just be God's will. It might just be God's will. Paul said this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I don't know if you've seen that before, but I believe that there's a process for us all going on. Some of you today might just be on the ship still, metaphorically fighting with the marinas and saying, throw me off, I've got no more opportunity left. And you're going to trust God. Some of you might be sinking down on to, to the depths of the ocean right now, hitting that red button. And some of you today might just be inside the fish thinking, boy, oh boy, I asked him to, I hit the red button and this is what I get. I don't know where you're at today, but I believe every one of us all in our lives are in some part of that journey. Amen. Finally, number three is remember who's in control. Remember who is in control. The most important thing we need to remember, God is in control. 
If he can tell the wind and the waves to calm, if he can direct a fish, what navigation system is that? That's pretty cool. That he can send a fish in our direction and save us, large enough to swallow him and keep him alive for three days and three nights. But God is in control because when Jonah was inside this fish on the process of answered prayer, three days and three nights later, he gets launched and vomited straight onto dry land. Amen. Praise God. Because he is in control. He's in control of the elements. He knows the right time. You see, some of us want the story to be like this, you see. We want the story to be Jonah sinking. Then he prays to God and then supernaturally God pulls him out and he flies. He lands right on the beach, on dry land. What a beautiful story. But no, unfortunately it's not. Why? Why? If God can do anything, why didn't he do that? Let me remind you again in the process, Jesus used the story to show that sometimes we have to suffer to get the glorious outcome because it will do far more than you think. Hallelujah. He's in control. He realizes the necessity to pray when he's in trouble. I don't know about you, but sometimes we're so good, aren't we, at praying for people. Praying for the sick and we do it all the time. And then as soon as I get ill and I got flu and I'm sat at home, I think, boy, boy, I can't do a thing. Emma calls it man flu. By the way, Emma is away for a few days. She's in, she's gone, she's flying today to Dubai for her mum's 70th birthday. And uh, it's really good. She's going out there. It's a a free, kind of a free trip through her sister and uh, Please pray for them as they go on a safe journey. But I've got, I've got even more prayers needed because I'm looking after kids for a few days. <laughs> Today is the start of it. Please, please intercede. In fact, I'm going to send an email to Grace later. <laughs> Every day. But you know, some of us, we're on that journey through that prayer. And we don't know if God's in control sometimes. We just, we lose that ability to see. We lose that ability to see. Jonah said this, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you. It's amazing what happens, is it, when death faces right in the face. He says, I remembered you. My prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. What an amazing prayer. And then he says this in verse 8. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I shout, but I with shouts of grateful praise will sacrifice to you. He says, I remembered you, Lord. I remembered you. And I know my prayers are getting there. I know they're getting through to the holy temple. I know they're getting through to you, Lord. I acknowledge it. And he's praying this when he's inside the fish. I know they're getting through. And he realizes also, not only is his prayers getting through, but he starts to realize how worthless other things are that you can cling on to in your time of trouble. He says, I'm looking and I realize the worthlessness of idols, the things that people put their trust in when they're trying their best to press the button. He says, but I'm going to press my red button for you, my emergency line to you, Lord. I know, he says, that salvation comes from the Lord. That is an amazing thing to say. 
Jonah said, salvation comes from the Lord. This is before Jesus is even on the scene. Remember again, he's talking, he's prophesying now. He's prophesying from inside the fish. He's operating the gifts of the Spirit. He's not just praying. He's gone from praying, devoting himself to prayer. He's thanking God now. And when we thank God and we start to get in this, he's having a time of worship. He starts to prophesy and say, salvation comes from God. Salvation comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, in other words. Jesus, when he's looking back, he's saying, I'm just like Jonah. But look, hey, look at the story. Salvation does come from the Lord because I'm about to do the same, but you're going to see your glorious Savior bring life. Hallelujah. Jonah says, I remembered you. Jonah realizes that clinging to these worthless things will not deliver him. Some of us today, you have just resorted to other things. You've given up on prayer. You don't rely on prayer. So then we just resort to other things that are worthless. Just remember this story. That salvation comes from God. From Jesus Christ. He not only has saved us as we address this morning. But he will save you from your situation. Don't give up on him. It says the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited him onto dry land. Boy, I just, I'd have loved to have seen his face when he landed. Thinking, I can remember when I was on the boat and, and I was telling the guys that it's my fault and, and I felt really bad about myself and then I launched myself to the river. What is going on? This is amazing. I cannot believe that I was in the middle of a storm in the sea and now I'm stood on dry land. This is amazing. You see, we read these things so quickly. But there was a journey that Jonah went on that all of us maybe at some point in our lives are on. He thanks God for rescuing him in the fish. I want you to just see this. But when he thanks God for rescuing him inside the fish, he's not fully rescued really, is it? See, this is his full rescue. This is his full rescue when he's on dry land. But an amazing thing is that he thanks God in his prayer for his rescue, even when he's inside the fish. I don't know if you saw that, but he thanks God for rescuing him when he's inside the fish. He thanks God for what he's going to do. Some of us today need to do this. You need to start to pray in your prayers, not only prophesy like he did about what Jesus will do, that salvation will come from the Lord. But if you start to say in your prayer... The things you know that he's going to do, even though you don't see them. So many of us are waiting for him to prove himself first. But he says this. He says that you've rescued me. Thank you. Our rescue is on its way. And all of a sudden he's hurled out. Some of you today, as I come to a close, if Alan could get ready in the worship team. But some of us today... We've got no idea how far we are away from dry land. Some of us today, when you're inside the fish, there's no GPS system for Jonah. There is no sat-nav system inside his belly, in the stomach of a fish. There's nothing to tell him, ah, I'm so far away from dry land, I can see on Google Maps, look, I'm moving along. It's working, the prayer's working. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray again today, second day, second night. I'm getting a bit closer, and if I keep praying. He had no idea where he was. 
Not at any point for the three days and three nights. And today, there's so many people here today have got no idea when you're inside these situations how far you're away from dry land. But keep believing. Rely on prayer. Rely on prayer so that you will see dry land again. Amen? We need to praise God and thank him, don't we? Thank him even though we don't see the result yet. King David wrote this in Psalm 18. It may come up on the screen. Psalm 18. He says, He, speaking about God, reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. This is not Jonah. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. Sounds a bit like dry land, doesn't it? He rescued me because he delighted in me. Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.